Hey, fam bros, this is your boy DJ Ben Amin, and on this special delivery episode, we cover the 2014 Oscars, the latest episode of True Detective, and yet another episode of The Walking Dead. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, Internet, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans. It's your boy, DJ Ben Amin. In the place to be on this special delivery episode of Fan Bros Show, the premier podcast of geek culture presented by people of color. What's going on out up there, Fan Bros? How you doing? I'm joined in the spaceship tonight by the one and only Kim Sonian. Take that, take that, ha 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 ha, take that. It's my P. Diddy. Who's presently doing a Puff Daddy impersonation. How you doing, Kimsonian? Chilling, man. Chilling. What an exciting night this was tonight. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. We had Walking Dead. We had True Detective. And we had the 2014 Oscars. Hosted by Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, man. Pretty historic night, I got to say. Oh, yeah. Um, Ellen wasn't. Uh, she wasn't that bad, and uh, she actually had me... Re- really wasn't? Yeah, she was classic, you know, very classic. And um, I expected Ellen to be terrible, and I, I actually laughed a few times during the uh, broadcast. Yeah, no, she was good. She so. kept it real old school and classy. Um, but, I mean, I think, obviously, this Oscars is going to go down in history for a lot of firsts, you know. Um, yep. 12 Years a Slave winning, you know, Best Picture. I mean... we. I kind of sniffed at that before. I'm actually kind of happy about that, you know, personally. But uh, also the fact that mm-hmm. the head of the academy is an African-American woman, Cheryl Boone Isaacs. That's yep. the first time. You know, Steve McQueen winning 12 Years a Slave Best Picture. First time a black man has won as part of a Best Picture team. Um, you know, Lupita winning just because. Um, John Ridley winning yep. for Best Screenplay, Original Screenplay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Shout out John Ridley. There seemed to be a little beef between him and Steve McQueen. I saw people uh, tweeting about that. Even Questlove said that that uh, there was a little, you know, when he walked down the aisle, he didn't really big up Steve McQueen and he didn't big him up in his speech either that much. So uh, I don't know. You know, hopefully brother's going to work it out. I mean, this is, you know, I was talking with my friend who's a screenwriter about this. And basically, you know, you can Google all this stuff, but Ridley was working on this project basically four years before getting one red penny for all his work. And, uh, ah. and granted, Steve McQueen came, you know, made it, gave the flesh and the, the heart and the blood to the project. But without the skeleton, you can't really build a body. And John Ridley is the one who really brought it out of kind of, uh, you know, obscurity and kind of brought it out there. I'm sorry, it wasn't best original screenplay. It was best adapted screenplay. Original yeah, screenplay yeah, was yeah. Uh, Spike Jones, But... um. You know, and I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, John Ridley's been through the mill so many times with his credits and stuff. And I, I feel like McQueen, I may be out of school here because I don't know the details, but McQueen might have been jockeying for some screenplay credit because he does actually get a lot of screenplay credits on his previous films. Uh, and I think John Ridley might have been like, you know, F that homie. I've been around the block a little bit. I got dicked over a couple of times. 
Also, I wrote Undercover Brother, so you ain't blacker than me. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> you know. No way. Nah, but, uh, you know, and you're right. Brothers should work it out. And, you hold, know. On, hold on, hold on, hold he, on. He, he wrote Undercover oh, yeah. Brother? You know, John Ridley of wow. Undercover Brother fame. I mean, you know, <laughs> how did? what did you I'm think sure he wrote? <laughs> nah, I'm just. First on his resume now, yeah, right? Nah, but uh, he's, you know, he's an amazing writer, you know, and uh, it's a tough trade, man, and. And I got to give it up to him. And I'm glad people of color were really at the forefront of creating this this picture that's going to live down, you know, throughout the years for sure. Um, I, I mean, hold on. We also have to say, you know, big up to Alfonso. Uh, Cuaron. Cuaron. Yeah, I butchered <laughs> wait, wait, it right wait. there. You say it? <laughs> the butcher of names. Nah, one, t- one time is all you get oh, per dude, show, folks. You were so close. Yeah. You were so close. I know. Alfonso, um, yeah, he won... Best director, director yeah. right? For Gravity. Yeah. First time a Mexican American. No, um, not, not even Mexican American, just Mexican. Not even? No, just straight yeah, Mexican. He's not American by any stretch of the imagination. But he is. No a, green card? He's an awesome director, and he's part of the, you know, what I call the, the mighty three of Iñárritu and Guillermo del Toro and Cuaron. Mm. They're responsible for the, the big Mexican boom of films since like maybe 03. And uh, they've worked their way into the Hollywood system. And uh, to me, Cuaron was definitely, you know, he's an amazing, amazing director. And to handle what he did with, with Gravity, I, you know, I think he rightly deserved it. I think he should have gotten it for Children of Men, but that's just me. So it's like one of my favorite yep. films. But, um, yeah, I was, you know, a lot of firsts and a lot of good speeches. I thought it was very long, but, um, you know, guys said what they needed to say and uh, some really heart uh heartfelt speeches jared leto of course Lupita. Yeah. um shout out to jared leto too i just peeped um dallas buyers club day before yesterday and it's a great flick and i thought he was definitely the best part of it i, I even thought that he was better than matthew mcconaughey in it so big up to jared and his speech was definitely dope lupita's speech also very dope When I look down at this golden statue, may it remind me and every little child that no matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. Thank you. Big up, Lupita, one last time. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where she's just coming out of the blue and just killing it on all levels, like style-wise, like Mm acting-wise, and then also just who she is as a human being. So... I was really uh I was really thankful for that from the fan bros perspective. Um at the same time, you know, there's always kind of some disappointments as well and uh can't always just um you know, gloss over some stuff. I felt like the animation category was a little stale. Um, you know, yeah. Gravity sweeping all the technical awards was cool, but then you know, basically eight films won 21 Oscars and kind of the wealth was not really spread around, but uh Whatever, you know, it's it, there's another year. It happens. Next year, we, we got more, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Um, we were going to do Walking Dead first, but since we were just talking about Matthew McConaughey, let's just get right into True Detective, man, because we only got uh, one more episode left after last night's episode, which was entitled uh, After You're Gone. After You're Gone, yeah. After You're Gone, like dot, yep. dot, dot. So uh, I'm, mm. I'm assuming it, it's part of something larger. But uh got to say, man, I can't, uh, you know, I'm super amped. And as any good series, as it approaches the end, you still have a lot more questions 
uh, than answers. And even though we kind of get revealed certain things, um, I'm still far from resolving mad questions that I have about um, that show. Um, never disappointing. I'm still a fan. You know, I, I'm still on the edge of my seat. And, uh, you know, last night's episode just really touched on a lot of things that I thought were really good. Um, and they're just so impressive. Yeah, that's my biggest thing right now. It was like, how is this show going to wrap up? in the one episode they have left because I feel like there's so much, you know, unanswered. Uh, It's just, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. And that's what we'll see about the writing. You know, we've been talking about the writing since episode one and uh, the acting and the story structure and all that stuff. So now we can put away all the flashing back and forward, even though they're still dabbling with it, but everybody's in the present now and we're right on the tail of solving stuff. And, um, you're right. I don't know how they're going to do it in 60 minutes, but I hope they do it, uh, you know, right. And, um, you know, it's just it continues with the same notes, the same beautiful gothicness. I got to say, last night's episode, finally, you know, we got to see some some black people. <laughs> and uh, oh, right. You yeah. know, uh, other than the cops. Yeah, well, besides the cops. Right. And then uh, but of course, like she was the spookiest lady ever. The, oh, the spookiest man. I really expect when she started coughing and stuff, I really expected her to like spit out some black, right, black oil, you know, right? Or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some like real crazy horror moment right there. Some little X Files really oil. Feeling the, yeah, like I was feeling the Cthulhu isness of the show right there because I really thought they were going to go all the way out. No Kakasa. What is it? Him who eats time. Him robes. It's a wind of invisible voices. Mineral rights, my ass. What y'all doing? Rejoice. Death is not the end. Rejoice. You need to leave now. Death is not the end. You need to leave. You know, cook You rejoice. Cook and even her whole, you know, you seen Carcosa and, you know, death is not the end was like, man, yeah, it was it was definitely very creepy. And then we had the big reveal of, I guess, who might be the Yellow King. Um, the the burned man at the very least is revealed at the end of the episode. Right. The lawnmower guy who lawn who, who mows the lawn for all the Tuttle schools, essentially. And uh, but, yep. you know, I think one of the things um that was interesting to me is that I don't think he's the Yellow King because I don't know if the Yellow King nah. is the one who chases and collects the people. I think the Yellow King's in the in the mask. So I don't know. Th- mm. These a lot more questions still need to be answered. Um, you know, I, I really love the whole idea of a corrupt uh, family in the South. You know, it reminds me of some some other stories. But you know, I love how the the path of of crime leads to the highest office. I always love those kind of stories. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, what else hit you about the episode? Uh, I really liked how they brought it all to the present. I love uh, Marty's and Cole's interactions in the garage and, you know, Marty having to watch the video and his reaction to it. I love the, just the tension that they, they had in that small space was really great. Um, 
I love seeing Marty's uh, ex-wife and, you know, the fact that she's doing well and the girls are doing okay. And, you know, that she never sold him out, you know, and stayed strong by him, you know, even as an ex-wife. I, I think, you know, she's not the most developed female character, but I think she's, you know, a little more developed than people give her credit for. Uh, that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I, I never really thought of that. Um, I kind of... I kind of felt like uh, her relationship to Rusty is a little kind of undeveloped, but I guess that kind of makes it um, what it is. I wouldn't really want to see. Yeah, I think anymore. that's more Rusty. What's that? I think that's more Rusty than right. you know being been than her. Right. You know, that's just him, right? And that's just how their relationship is. Right, 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 right. Um, I liked his reaction to her showing up at his bar, though, when he told her you were you're classing up the joint. Right, right, right. Yeah, I guess that's the dismissal of uh, her character. Goodbye. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, I, I I don't think we'll be seeing her right, in the right, last right. episode. You played your part, son. Peace. <laughs> um, but one thing I did like was uh, Marty. Uh, Marty has uh, this weird reaction to kid stuff. You know, every time he sees like kids being harmed or something, it's like. He he's really has this overly like super reaction to it. And I was trying to sniff out if maybe he had been touched by the Yellow King at some point or I don't know. But he has this mm. real, you know, when he saw the kids, he shot Ledoux right away. You know, when he saw the uh, the video, he got really mad when his daughter got touched. He got really mad. I mean, that's kind of understandable, yeah. but I don't know, man. Yeah. It was just kind of a weird. Um, I felt like he, he reacts really strongly to harm to kids for you know mm. anyway uh one last thing about the episode that i wanted to mention uh on marty's was like uh well there's two things it's like it's cole, how much of the truth is cole still telling is my thing because he tells marty that he's been gone for like you know in alaska or whatever and you know i don't know it Cole is still Although, this I don't think where you really um, can't trust his version of events. Hold on one second. Uh I don't think that he has any reason to lie to uh Marty. So I think at this point he's pretty much just yeah. letting the audience know that he's telling the truth um or you know his character. So I'm not really questioning him that much right now. I think his obsession with the case is really you know, uh, what has been kind of making him kind of spooky. And now that he's revealed all his research, I think, I don't know, to me, I'm satisfied. I don't, I, I'm trusting him now. You know, I don't think he's got any reason to, to lie. So true. All right. Well, like we said before, now it's up to the writers and the directors and the actors and everyone involved to pretty much stick the landing because, you know, we got one episode left. So we'll see next week, you know, if they can pull it all together. And hopefully so, because we've been ranting about True Detective so much that I don't want to have to stick my foot in my mouth. At Yo, this point. I'm with you on that one, because if if the ending sucks, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> damn, I was hyping that shit, man. I'd be yeah. like, damn, they'd be like, Yo, why you was hyping it? That shit was whack. <laughs> For real. Um, our other show to review though tonight is a. Uh, Walking Dead, and you said you didn't really feel the episode, Kim. So, Man, so. walking snooze, dude. <laughs> like if you if you have to if you have to dedicate a, an entire hour to some of the most least. Okay, Daryl by himself, I get it. Daryl babysitting, I don't get it. Mm. Um, and I guess you have to introduce, you know, Beth as this new kind of 
character. Not new, but we have to explore her. (laughs) I'm just like, do I really need to know her inner battle? Not really. Um, And, and, uh, you know, I was watching Talking Dead afterwards, and J.B. Smooth said it best when he was like, even though... I'm watching, you know, these two. I'm really wondering what's going on with the other people. Ouch. And I really hope that later on in the season, they don't do these episodes where they only focus on one person yeah. or one, one group. You know, I really need to know what's going on with Tyrese. And I know we're going to see them. It's just I don't know if I need a whole episode just dedicated to these two out of all of them. Yeah, man, I, I wasn't really feeling it that much. Uh, I was kind of like really uh can we get to some you know something better yeah i i I didn't hate it as much as you did i thought that beth made some extremely stupid choices during the episode and it's like you know i gotta go have a drink you know and i watched you know a little of talking dead and they were speaking on it saying the same thing like well she didn't have this life you know she didn't have her normal life so this is her acting out moment and it's just like yeah whatever you know, if you got ate by a zombie, you know, you ain't going to have normal life either. So just know, you know, like you can't go out drinking. That's not happening. Yeah, I don't. that's the stuff I don't get. Like, and I know as writers, they have to create these conflicts and stuff. But I, I'm just like, really, you got who who was in the room saying like, yo, this is hot. Yo, I need to see <laughs> Daryl and Beth for 50 minutes and we need to see them come together at the end and be friends. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. Like, wh- what's, what's going on with Glenn? What's it? We just introduced, like, all these new characters. Don't slow me down, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to the actor playing uh, Daryl because he definitely carried this episode because, you know, Beth is, yeah, it was... And then the whole let's burn the whole house down at the end... Like, and wander off in the middle of the night? Like, <laughs> You know what that is? I saw that as, you know, first of all, we're seeing two sides of redneck culture. We're seeing, like, <laughs> lower-class redneck culture, and then we're seeing, like, this kind of higher, you know, Herschel's countryside. And so maybe that's what I wasn't really too keen on, is, like, it's such a diverse cast that, and I get it, you know. I'm, I mean, you know, I don't want to always be carping on the fact that, you know, we need more diversity only all the time. But just even story-wise, I thought it was it was weak. And, uh, you know, here we have them burning the house as a symbol of, you know, their past. And like, oh, let's burn our old rednecky style of <laughs> stuff. I don't know. I maybe I'm. I know I'm reading way too much into it, but I just felt like, yo, know, I give me, give me. You know, I was really switching back between the Oscars and. Oh wow. You know, so <laughs> I mean, best editing was more exciting than freaking this episode. <laughs> Sorry, seeing guys. Pizza, seeing pizza delivered to all the stars was yeah. Better exactly. than- that was funny, man. That was yeah. that was kind of funny, and and Liza Minnelli not getting in the selfie, and yeah. yeah, it was it was funny, man. There was a lot of Twitter jokes that were actually, you know. We're, uh, better we're than the Walking be, Dead. Yeah, better than the Walking Dead episode <laughs> last night. Maybe that's why they put it on. Maybe they knew that was the weakest episode. And ah. they were like, yo, we got to sneak this one out. They, they pulled up. <laughs> they, they yoked us on this joint. You know, people are going to be watching the Oscars anyway, so we might as well just sneak this one through. You know, I'm saying, man, it's like, come on. Oh. They better come back hard next week. Because, yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, because... For this real. is definitely one of the slower episodes on a show that is always time to Glass slow. Is slow. And uh, in, in wrapping this up real quick, let me say that someone asked me in the comments last week 
uh, what makes a great show and why Walking Dead is just a good show. And it's tough to say, but it's more like when just everything comes together, you know, when the direction, Mm -hmm. the writing, the acting, the editing. And Walking Dead doesn't achieve that season to season or week to week. Like, they've had probably their best season so far. And then you turn around and have an episode like this. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's always going to happen. You it, Like, if you look at the season as a song or like a symphony, some parts are fast, some parts are slow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this might have been that slow interlude be- before it starts to ramp up again. True. Um, so I, I get the rhythm of it. Same time, you know, everybody's time is precious these days. And I can't get that hour <laughs> back, dog. And, you know. I mean, shout out to all of them. You know, I'm not making the show and I'm not trying to harp on their efforts, but it is what it is, you know. Yes, sir. And I mean, even True Detective could be said this wasn't the fastest episode. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, this is another episode of Special Delivery with the Farron Bros show. We'll be right back here next week to finish up True Detective. Uh, Walking Dead will continue. Uh, someone asked me if I was watching Black Sails. Checked it out for a second. Not a bad show. I'll let you know more next week if I manage to catch another episode. Uh, Kim Sun, anything else? Uh, I'm watching Helix. It's kind of a, it's interesting. I haven't been talking about it a lot, but Helix, for those out there, check it out on demand if you can. Uh, catch up. Um, it's a, it's, it, there's a, some twists and turns, you know, it definitely harkens to some stuff you've seen before if you're a sci-fi fan, but there's an interesting take on some new stuff. Uh, it's definitely shot in Canada and you can tell it's shot in Canada, but, uh, there's some interesting things going on with the writing there and the acting. So I thought that was, uh, worth a, a fan bro mention. All right. Well, let's speak on that some more next week. We'll talk about Helix and Black Sails a little bit. Since we won't have, well, we'll still have the final true detective. So we'll see how that goes. Right. All right, fan bros, thank you for listening. Do remember to subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Check us out this week. We had the Young Guru episode up on SoundCloud. And we'll be right back here next week with more fan bros. Yeah. Fan bro.